to Gray Awakenings, a podcast covering the gray areas of life. Hello, hello. Hi. Hello. Yay. Um, so we're back for episode two. Super excited. Uh, my name's Hannah Gray. My pronouns are she and they. And my fun fact of the day is I'm addicted to hot sauce. And my name is Adrian Gray. My pronouns are he, him, and my fun fact for the day is I'm a crazy cat dad. Awesome. I'm Amanda Drew. My pronouns are she, they, and my fun fact for the day is that I love ska music. All right, awesome. So our episode today is called Learning to Love a Body You Hate. So we're going to really uncover a lot of different things. We're going to talk about society, how society, like, kind of um, tries to make us feel a certain way about our bodies and we're going to just talk about our own personal experiences and um, just really talk about a lot of stuff how to heal from this and everything so I'm really excited about this conversation so am I me too (laughs) (laughs) we all need to wake up so (laughs) yeah so I think like we should start with talking about like society and like how Um, It really just shapes our perceptions of our own bodies um, and kind of like what that does for individuals. So I don't know if you want to start, Amanda. Absolutely. Sure. Um, So there's, I mean, we could talk about anything. We could talk about how diets are marketed toward us. We could talk about supermodels. We could talk about um, literally anything that is thrown at us. and something that I would personally like to talk about is diet culture. Yes, because <laughs> Because it is constant and you see it everywhere and it's like completely normal to, um, I mean, diet culture doesn't necessarily force hate on your body. It doesn't tell you that you... Um, are like inherently disgusting or anything but it does tell you there's something wrong all the time and it does tell you you're not good enough either absolutely yeah all the time yeah Yeah. and anytime that you hear you're not good enough over and over again you're gonna start to hate parts of your body or even your body as a whole so you just never feel like a full entity so you always feel like there's something missing or um like you see all these like i mean diet culture we should probably just talk about like diet culture in general what it is and like just in general it's basically this like subculture slash culture that like (laughs) literally controls everything um that kind of just like the media is part of it and um just like our language is part of it like it's literally ingrained in society um and it's what diet are you on yeah yeah Yeah, oh my god you lost weight what'd you do yeah absolutely like looking at other people's bodies and shaming them like oh they must not exercise or they must not be eating right you know like we or or even on the opposite end oh, look at them. They must exercise all the time. It's disgusting. Yes. I mean, they're they're I, skinny shaming just as much as there is fat shaming. Yeah, and, I talk and I run that into too. that a lot. You know, people yeah. are like, are you eating enough? And I'm like, yeah, I eat a lot. Trust me, I cook a lot. eat a lot. But yeah, so like diet culture is really this, this entity that's really just controlling a lot of people's relationships to their body and it's negative and um diets I mean for my research diets aren't even like what is the word I'm trying to come up with they're not sustainable at all oh absolutely and they actually don't work and um what works is lifestyle changes but you want a lifestyle change that's gonna benefit you and it's not gonna be something that you're like trying to force something on your body you know it's just like this decision that you make to maybe take care of yourself more maybe do self-care like we talked about last time um and all this other I don't know I just feel like there's so many different ways to change your lifestyle to take care of yourself rather than this diet culture this diet 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 right and diet culture is also something that seems so much more attainable because you're like oh no you just go on a diet it's you can do it for like 12 weeks you could do it for 20 weeks whatever oh my gosh it's fantastic this is how much I lost in this amount of time and it always comes down to like quick results super fast which is not sustainable on a body Mm -hmm. um and then someone looks at lifestyle changes and they're like you mean my whole life 
my whole <laughs> life I have to eat okay. My whole life I have to exercise? Yeah. My whole life. Like, that is so much worse than doing 28 days on a juice binge mm-hmm. or whatever you decide you're going to do. Like, yeah, and you've been saying that. Like, I just think it's... It, it kind of reminds me of this like get rich fix kind of like idea people have about right. like side gigs and like side hustles and then they like join a business or something and then they're like but aren't I supposed to be rich I'm like did you work <laughs> no <laughs> right. uh okay it's the just, same with diets like yep. you know it's, it's like the same not with your body yep yeah. absolutely I actually just googled diet culture because I figured we might want to have like a legit um, <laughs> uh, like a definition oh my definition gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so diet culture is a system of beliefs that worships thinness and equates its health and moral virtue which means you can spend your whole life thinking you're broken Sorry, I just like stopped. <laughs> I just stopped reading. <laughs> I was just like, oh. um, just because you don't look like the impossibly thin ideal. Yes, absolutely. And, and healthy doesn't always mean thin either, yes. right? Like I want to point out that I'm a fat person. I I use the word fat lovingly. I love myself, um, and I'm a I'm a healthy. Yeah. Like I don't I don't have anything that's wrong wrong with me besides like oh, I've got some extra loving on my body. <laughs> and like, <laughs> But and otherwise, I'm healthy. And yeah, and I feel like when people fine. think about healthy, they're like, oh, that super thin, like, supermodel, like, looking person. Right. And you're like, no, that's not necessary. So, But also, you don't know what that person, like, that person might be dealing with type 1 diabetes. Mm-hmm. They might be dealing with, they could be dealing with type 2 diabetes. You don't have to be fat in order to have diabetes. Like, yeah. let's just take that out of the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> They could have cholesterol problems or they they could be having an eating disorder. And like those those are not necessarily healthy things. And a lot of times I feel like diet culture induces eating disorders. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, it definitely promotes it. Yeah, like perpetuates it and everything. Um, And I know something recently that happened was Nike um, started providing like mannequins that have larger bodies. In their UK stores, yeah. Yeah, and, like, um, there's a lot of hate in regards to this, and a lot of people, bloggers and stuff, who are, like, um, on diets, or maybe, like, their lifestyle is all about health and wellness and stuff, and they're, like, being very negative about it, and they're, like, you're perpetuating, or you're, like, promoting fatness, you're, like, this is unhealthy, like, all this other jazz, and it's, like, no, this is amazing, people can actually see themselves in places you know like people there's think, not just this ideal all the time yeah and the, that's the thing that people think that representation equals promotion which like so like oh there's a gay pride parade why are you promoting gayness mm-hmm. like why are you promoting obesity if you're putting plus size mannequins in stores like that's they're not the same representation matters we should all see our bodies in every facet of media yeah. and it doesn't there's no promotion here yeah. we're promoting fat people to freaking move like yeah. when you put a plus size model or a plus size mannequin into a store like a nike store wearing a sports bra and like functional workout leggings you're promoting their movement mm-hmm. so i don't understand why there's a problem there but yeah i'm so glad but you brought all... up the like promoting like gayness and stuff like that because like you see that with a lot of shows that like have a gay character or like two dads or something people I don't are like know why, why? They have to flaunt it yeah. oh my god why do you gotta show us your sexuality that's not you shouldn't just focus on that and it's like okay cool let me just ask you when you watch tv when you see ads when you walk around the street do you see other people who look like you probably because you're the one complaining okay because there's diversity (laughs) um so that's called privilege um we could probably talk about that on another episode but like you need to check yourself if you are seeing people who look like you that's great but guess what you're not the only person part of the world like i'm getting a little feisty right now like there (laughs) is so much diversity and why don't we embrace it why don't we instead of showing like looking at it and saying okay well that's silly why are they promoting this Okay, look at it as someone, a viewer, someone who is a shar- shopper at, I almost said charter. <laughs> Not <laughs> what I mean. Maybe they're also charters. Maybe. But <laughs> I mean, no shame. <laughs> but like, there are more than just people who look and like you, and they need representation too. So check yourself. 
absolutely yachis. <laughs> and it all ties back to to how we perceive our bodies obviously this is the topic today but um anytime that we see negative things it sets that that little seed in our head even if it's a comment on the internet or a comment from a family member um it's that tiny little seed and when you're told that um your representation equals promotion and that is bad because people are angry about it it just changes the whole like internal narrative that you have mm-hmm. and especially like you're going to grow up with it yeah. you're going to grow up hearing that you should look a certain way or that you shouldn't have natural hair or that you shouldn't um wear clothes that actually fit your body and yeah. it's just it's all it all ties into how most of us dislike or and hate our bodies diet culture starts with children like absolutely it really does and it's just really sad and like I'm sure because we're gonna open up today about what we hate about our bodies and like where it stems from and stuff and I'm I guarantee a lot of it's when we were younger um at least like that's where it started Mm -hmm. because we I mean we are born this person who actually loves ourselves and then society taints us into hating things about of our uh, about our bodies um and ourselves so it's just really yeah. sad we it is really sad but we're gonna work through it today yeah. and we're gonna talk <laughs> like uh, uh. <laughs> 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 yeah so um i i think like something i see this on the internet a lot and i really love just when i see it i'm like yes um just the idea that like our body our bodies are not wrong like they're not inherently wrong there's nothing wrong with our bodies it's society's perception of our bodies so Mm -hmm. it's like and this really like brings me to the topic of just with queer and trans bodies you know like a lot of people are like oh this person was born in the wrong body and like or society just doesn't allow this body to exist and it's like that whole conversation you know absolutely yeah and i mean it's like super hard like trying to go day to day like I don't know like when I first started my transition I don't necessarily think that I was kind of like born in the wrong body I didn't hate my body entirely but like as I started going through my transition and like really diving into the like the community it almost like flipped my mind and like people started making me hate my body so it's like kind of weird to go through this transition of not necessarily hating my body to starting to hate my body due to people's perception right and if you're comfortable do you mind like opening up about like how you identify because a lot of our listeners might not know um so i identify as a queer trans male um so that means i was born female um and once i hit like my senior year of high school i started learning about um like people who were transgender and I had no clue what it was all about because I grew up in a small town um that was very um not educated on the subject and so once I like started learning about it I was like I've been feeling this way pretty much my entire life so to start learning about it it was very eye-opening and encouraging and um I don't know. It was just nice to kind of like start to really realize who I was on a genuine level. Right. So. Sometimes it takes other people sharing their experiences for you to be like, ah, that's me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And also finding the language that actually describes you and seeing yourself for the first time in language. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Because like I went back and forth from like, well, I'm just a super butch lesbian. And that's how I'm always going to be, you know, and like I was so confident in that for so long and to have somebody be like, this is who I am. And I'm like, whoa, me too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, if your language can, if your language only goes to like butch lesbian, then it's hard to see past that. And, you know, I'm that's good that you had that opportunity 
big old bird flapping in the background. Sorry. Was that a bird? I no, think that was a that bird. That was a garage door. Oh, was that a garage door? <laughs> I'm like, what kind of birds do you know about? Like, bird. Yeah. So, like, sorry, go ahead. I just, I have a just like a quick question. Um, so you didn't feel like you hated your body until you got into a community that was Where told to yeah. hate their body. Because, yeah. I mean, that is what we that is what we tell trans people. Like, you have to hate your body. Oh. Um, yeah, and you like, can't love it the way that it is because yeah. how does it even, how does it match your head or your perception of yourself or your gender? And it's like. And it's like it's people are constantly asking, are you going to get surgery? Are you going to get surgery? Have you gotten surgery? And We're all like, eye rolling over here. Please <laughs> stop asking about my genitals. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. And like, I feel like in the community, or I mean, I don't, I think it's honestly society again. I think that like society, like just leeches itself to this one idea of a like identity, I guess I'm trying to say. So like, I mean, we obviously know know or at least i know um that gender is really looked at out of binary and we're gonna have future episodes that just focus on gender um because we love to talk about it mm-hmm. and i mean gender's on a binary it's either man or a woman and then like now um that like kind of trans trans is a word that's being thrown around and like being actually like looked at as an identity by most people but not all unfortunately mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. People are, are so obsessed with the binary that it's just either trans woman or trans man. And they have this idea in their head that, okay, all these trans man, men and trans women, they have to hate their bodies. They're born in the wrong bodies. And then they're glued to that idea and they don't educate themselves further. And then it leaves these folks who don't hate their bodies in this awkward position of like, who am I now then? Because this one community doesn't fit. This other community now is kind of getting this pressure from society that we have to hate our bodies. So like, what do I do? How do I mend myself through this? How do I own myself through this? So, yeah. And especially when you're going through, um, like, like an identity crisis, like everyone goes through an identity crisis. Um, there's always a moment, but like for, for trans people it is so deeper it's so much deeper um so especially when you're going through an identity crisis you also have to deal with a body crisis as well and it's just it's a lot of pressure to be putting on on Mm -hmm. people um should we talk about like dysmorphia and dysphoria now yeah do you think yeah let's talk about the differences between them and okay just so that we can kind of like know where we're at and everything do you want to talk about body dysmorphia or sure i can talk about body dysmorphia um so body dysmorphia is (coughs) pardon um a uh i guess condition we'll talk we'll call it a condition where you look in the mirror and you don't necessarily see what is actually here in real life so maybe you look in the mirror and you weigh a hundred pounds and you see a 300 pound person in the mirror um maybe you look in the mirror and you see um way more facial hair than you want and you're a cis female um but it's not actually on your body these are it's a mental disorder which we just pulled up the google yeah thanks google (laughs) so um straight from google (laughs) it's a mental illness involving obsessive focus on a perceived flaw in appearance flaw may be minor or imagined but the person may spend hours a day trying to fix it the person may try many cosmetic procedures or exercise to excess so i like that um but i do know several people who do have um, like a generalized body dysmorphia and so I just want to point out that you don't have to focus on one thing yeah, y- sure. it could be your whole your whole self your whole body and I even know people who look in the mirror and see someone who is uh, like excessively shorter than they are um, and so the, the it's an actual like mental illness um, your brain is not perceiving what your eyes are actually seeing Awesome. So, Adrian, do you want to tell us a little bit about gender dysphoria? 
Yeah, so um, just to start off with the definition, gender dysphoria, well, (laughs) 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 gender dysphoria is the distress of a person feels due to their birth assigned sex and gender not matching their gender identity. So um, people who experience gender dysphoria are typically transgender. So someone like me. Um, So dysphoria for me is, you know, I identify as male and my assigned sex at birth is female. And so my um, my body just doesn't match what I view in my mind. And I, you know, yeah, there are days that I would much rather have a male appearing. Well, no, that doesn't make sense. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Keep talking. Um, I (laughs) by yourself. Um, so I would love to have a. I don't know. Do you want to like quote like typical? Are you trying to like get around those? I mean, I would like. I would love to have a cis male body. Okay. Like that's that's what I would love, but it isn't attainable. And so the dysphoria gets in the way um, of my day-to-day life because that is something that I would want. Mm -hmm. And it increases my depression and anxiety. And it makes it hard to go through society because society puts those views on me of you need a cis. So cis is when... um, Assigned male at birth and identifies as a male, or assigned female at birth identifies as a woman. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Don't <laughs> in my brain. Yeah. Um, so society puts that on us that we need these bodies, and so like going to the bathroom in public spaces is extremely hard. Yeah. Um, I remember when I first started transitioning, going to going into the men's bathroom was the most terrifying thing on the entire planet because. All you see in movies, all you hear people talk about is men pee standing up. And I'm not capable of doing that because I was not born with the sex of... You're going like, to say okay. born with a penis. Yeah. I don't... <laughs> like going like trying to be too technical. No, yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't have a penis. And so I couldn't do that. And I was afraid that the other guys in the bathroom were going to be listening to me peeing and they're going to be like, Oh, that guy doesn't have a penis. Let's go beat him up. Yeah. And so like, that was what I was most terrified about. And like a lot of guys pee sitting down actually. Oh yeah. That is cool to know. Actually. I'm really excited about that little tidbit of information. (laughs) (laughs) Can I ask you a question? So like, um, I guess, Yes or no? Yes. <laughs> I'm like, can I ask you a question? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's bad. so bad. Um, so I guess like earlier when we were talking, you were like saying you you didn't always have gender dysphoria um, or not necessarily. You didn't always have dysphoria about your body. But once you found language for your identity and stuff, you kind of felt like that pressure from society to hate your body. Do you feel like um now you are more focused on changing your body because of society or do you think you've kind of like developed more like dysphoria around your body in your own view of it i would say at this point now that i'm what five years into my transition i've developed more of like my own dysphoria um of how i actually want my body to look but that's taken five years to come to those terms like it's taken me five years to realize what I actually want and what I don't want and between what I want and what society wants so it it really just takes some inner um self discovery in order to like find these things and it may take some people two months and it may take other people their entire life Cool. So yeah. do do you want to open up about kind of like your body stuff and then I'll go next or I can go next. I don't care. Doesn't matter to me. I can go. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, so like I mentioned before, um, I'm a fat person and uh, I, I remember 
I definitely, definitely childhood. This is where it started, like my dislike for my body. And I'm, I'm at a point now where where I do I do love my body. I super appreciate everything that it does for me. I mean, it gave me a child and um it lets me get up the three flights of stairs to Hannah and Adrian's apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. It uh it lets me move around and um be active with my son and there's all these amazing things about my body, so I want to put that out there that like Sometimes appreciating the very small things that your body is capable of is, like, the first real step to, like, healing or at least, like, not hating your body. So, um, for me, it, like, my dislike for my body definitely started when I was um, young, probably, like, seven or eight. And it was when I started noticing that I was larger than other people. Yeah. Um. And it wasn't, I wouldn't have noticed if no one had pointed it out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, um, you're like, this is me. Yeah. Like this, I, this is who I am. I don't care. Um, but with small comments, like, uh, like being in a ballet class and being like, Oh, we got to go get a larger leotard for you. Mm-hmm. Little, little things. And they just, Oh, why do you have to, why'd you mention that? Especially for me. Oh, why did you mention that I'm having this to eat? Or, like, you didn't say that to my sister. You didn't say that to my cousin. Um, so just noticing, like, very small things when, like, I was still doing ballet. I was still, like, I mean, by the time that I hit six or seven, I was doing, like, soccer or lacrosse or I was swimming. Um, so I was never not active. Yeah. And I was always at least my recollection (laughs) I was always eating similarly to like everyone else um so it's those small things that really just start to make you that puts that doubt that seed of doubt Mm -hmm. into your head Mm -hmm. that there's something wrong or that needing a larger size is bad or that eating whatever is is inherently bad Mm -hmm. definitely for sure um, when did you start kind of that journey of finding things about yourself that you love versus especially with society that we know like society fat shames like horribly so mm-hmm. when did you start that journey um hmm, that one's because it's, it's been on and off again I mean like it's just like a relationship with a toxic partner like mm-hmm. my my hatred for myself and my love for myself are always at odds so I, I was probably, like, 11 when I first started trying to, like, find something that was, like, great about me or oh, that was special. Um, well, I was, like, I was dieting by, like, 8. Oh, wow. Uh, and then I was officially on, like, a Weight Watchers diet at, like, 12. Wow. So and I was, was that your decision? I mean, it was my decision, but it was also something that, like, I had talked to my mom about. Yeah. Um, and I, I had talked to my doctor, want to point it out, that, like, I had – actually gone to the doctors and been like I don't like my weight I don't like I think that it was really just my weight Mm -hmm. like I don't like this number on a scale that suddenly defines my worth in middle Mm -hmm. school um and so going to the doctor and being put on a diet or starting Weight Watchers or um whatever other diets I've tried because I've I fad dieted all through high school but um but I I definitely tried after my first like real diet <laughs> to find things about myself that I loved yeah. so it's I mean it, like I said it's been up and down but definitely was there ever like something specific on your body that you kind of focused on that you had a really hard relationship to or was it kind of just your entire body my stomach yeah yeah um I've always had like wide hips and so when I started like getting uh, getting a belly and like I call it my apron sometimes. That's awesome. <laughs> um, I would notice that suddenly my hips had an apron too. And I was like, no, that's the one thing I liked about myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I think it was like, I was probably like 14 or 15 when I was like, oh, too big, that's too big. Mm-hmm. And that was like where my, like, that was the first part of my body that I hated. Yeah. 
for sure. Yeah. I can definitely relate to that. My stomach has always been kind of my thing I've focused on. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm tall, so I'm like 5'9". And um, weight has never really been something I've focused on just because being tall, I've always weighed more because, like, I have more body. Right. <laughs> I don't like long length. Right. So, but I do remember, like, in high school and middle school, like, there, I feel like, I don't even remember when that was, like, 2000s or something like in the 2000s I feel like weight like your actual weight and it is still around now but I kind of feel like a lot of people are kind of moving in the direction of what am I putting in my body rather than how much I weigh or like how it looks versus weight I don't know but I remember being obsessed with the number for sure yeah and like I would like google how much should I weigh based on the BMI or whatever. Yeah. We can talk about BMI for (laughs) days. (laughs) So I'd be like, I would always check, am I in my BMI? And, Mm -hmm. or my recommendation based on Google, you know? Yes. And if I wasn't, I was like, oh my God, I'm letting myself go. Like, this is not good. Like, just tearing myself down. And um, it wasn't until I think like, I remember, I think it was my senior year in high school and I was like running track and, um, I had a, okay. So like when I was 14, I first went vegetarian Mm -hmm. and what this means is I basically just ate like chips and hot sauce, mac and cheese and nachos and french fries so what this means to hannah (laughs) yeah so that was vegetarian for a 14 year old um and I didn't know like like anything about anything and so I just ate trash all the time and I I grew up eating trash I feel like and as in like just snacks like all snacks all the time and like sour candy and all that stuff so like in my senior year in high school I and I remember like through middle school and high school I would not eat enough and I would um just like skip meals and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. I never really thought anything of it but I thought like by not eating I would like lose weight yeah and um I was running track and I remember it was like the the um and I I was always athletic I I played sports all year round um and it was the lowest I've weighed since I hit puberty I remember I was like 136 and I was like whoa like, I don't ever want to go over 140 again. Like, and that was my new standard. And I loved how my body looked. And I was like, I want to do this. But I also wasn't eating right. I wasn't eating enough. And it just, and I was super stressed out. And, and exercising I, your body. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And um, I just remember, like, ever since then, I just, like, if I do weigh myself, I always base it back on then and I always think about then and it's like kind of my ideal for my body and it's like I'm not gonna get back there and that's okay and um I guess like I guess the past year or so I have definitely struggled more with my body in regards to like how it looks because last year out of nowhere I like lost a bunch of weight and people were like telling me wow you look so good and like all my clothes fit me and I thrift a lot, so, like, I don't even look at the size when I thrift. I just try shit on. And I, like, have these high-waisted shorts that I love, and um, all of them fit me for once. And I wasn't, like, squeezed into it. Like, there was room in between. I could, like, lift it up, and I was like, wow, like, this feels good. And my clothes weren't tight on me. And, like, that's kind of what I base it off of. I don't really look at weight anymore. And that's good. I, like... I don't fit in those shorts right now. I fit in one pair, but it's like literally squeezing my body and I'm uncomfortable and like I'm noticing parts of my body are larger than I want them to be. And like this past year, I just ever since I gained that weight back, I feel like really disappointed in myself because I was that person who shared my before and after, you know, and then now I'm like, I look like the before again and I eat the same. So it's like, I feel like other people are judging me. So like I have that other layer of just not only hating myself and my body, but like also other people probably are like disgusted by me. So that's like kind of what goes through my head um, when it comes to weight. But I do want to talk about like another layer of like body hate, I guess, and not to get like too deep into it because I'm sure in future like episodes we'll talk about it. But um, as someone who has gone through 
a lot of sexual assault in my life. Like I have never really had a relationship to my body that was positive um, because it wasn't mine. So um, I feel like right now in my life, I am learning that my body is my own. And this year has been very transfer transformational for me. I was like, what's that word? Um, because I'm kind of like, I've kind of peeled all those layers of shame. Well, not, not yet, not shame. I still got that. But like <laughs> peeled all the layers of this abuse that I've kind of endur- endured in my life. And like, I'm finally feel like I'm kind of at this core and I'm at that, that apple core of my like body and my being. Yeah. And like, I'm ready to build back up and it's really scary for me. And I just don't know how to love a body that like other people have just like taken advantage of, you know, my whole life. So absolutely, it's hard. It, and I'm it's, sure that it is. It's struggle. And yeah. um, it just adds a whole nother layer and of like not even worrying about weight. It's like, what is safe on my body? What is mine? Like, what is going to trigger me? What's not going to trigger me? You know, so yeah. it's like, it's hard. It's very hard. Yeah. I think that that's great then that you're focusing more on like how comfortable are these shorts on me rather than like a number because it it does come down to your safety. It comes down to how you feel in your body and how safe you feel. Um, And it's kind of like you just said that um, I am uncomfortable in tight clothing and um, I can't really wear real bras I always wear bralettes and even bralettes bother me but I remember when I was um just having to wear bras for the first time and it was literally just like cloth and you could always see like my THO and all that stuff and I used to get picked on by that too um Hannah has THO (laughs) and I'm like shut up what What is oh THO is titty hard on oh my goodness I've never heard that before you haven't so many people have it it's a Leroy, there you go, mom. Leroy, Leroy. <laughs> Leroy. Um, it's a for people thing. who don't know. I know. Tito is definitely not just a Leroy thing. That's where I went to high school. Um, <laughs> shout out to Leroy, New York. <laughs> so, um, yeah, what? no, neither have I. So Come on. Okay, well, tell us on in the comments if you've ever heard of Tho Titty Hard On please, because I just need to know I'm not alone. Why don't you just tell us what you call hard nipples, okay? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> T-H-O. So, um, but whatever. It was just, like, a, a piece of cloth, and I remember being so uncomfortable, and, like, all through school, I would just, like, pull it down all the time, and, like, I would sit there and just lift up in my shirt and pull my, pull my bra down, and, like, um, I – Obviously, when I got a little bit older and I wanted to look sexier for, like, my partners and stuff, like, I would try to wear, like, sexier bras and stuff and, and underwear. And, like, it was so uncomfortable for me. And um, even now, like, I wear bralettes now. And, like, Adrian's like, why don't you just take it off? Because I'll, like, lift it above my boobs so it's, like, not even on it'll it. <laughs> yes. And I'll sit, like, on my, like, what, sternum. Yes. Like, <laughs> yes. Like, that would bother me more. <laughs> Having the pressure like Do you just around, just walk around like I'm wearing the bralette, but it's not actually covering my yeah. breasts. Yeah, okay. well, like, it's because I'm too lazy to like actually take it off. But like when I get home, I just pull it above my boobs because like for some reason under like the under part of my boobs is so uncomfortable to me. And yeah, our cats like love getting in boxes. They so fantastic. <laughs> but it's just so interesting because like I get claustrophobic and yeah. very uncomfortable so if my clothes are really tight and my bra is tight I can't breathe and I start having a panic attack and it's better now because I like know that about myself and I've been able to work myself down with my anxiety and stuff but um it's so like when you said that I was like yeah like <laughs> I, I need to pay attention to what's comfortable in my body and like yeah. that's why I've always worn comfort comfortable clothes because my comfort is more important than how I look in my yes. opinion, because yes. your comfort is uh, yeah. always more important yeah. than how you look. And that's not saying that you, you have to look like a piece of shit or like that no, you have to yeah. like look like something that you don't want to look like. But like comfort, comfort can happen. And you can look sexy as fuck. But like, you can also be comfortable in like a super tri- tight dress. Absolutely. That's just not me. It's <laughs> you whatever, know? whatever fits your like body looseness. that is comfortable. Yeah. Like, yeah. So no, that brought up a... I was like, this is an interesting fact about me. <laughs> <laughs> I pulled down my bra. <laughs> I pull it up now, but I used to pull it down. Right. But yeah. And anytime mean, that we're fidgeting with our bodies, it's, not, oh it's, it's an indication that like something is not comfortable. Definitely. Whether that's that 
you know, your bra doesn't fit right Mm -hmm. or that your clothes are too tight or that you just are not comfortable in your body in general. Yeah. Adrian always makes fun of me too, not to talk about about myself a lot, but, um, because I, I call my, I say I have like phantom wedgie syndrome, like literally, I feel like we both came up with, maybe I gave it to you. Okay, fine. Whatever. Irregardless. We're in bed and Hannah won't have her underwear fully on like it'll be like just below like it'll be all bunched up right under her butt cheek you just it's like wearing so things. It's, there's <laughs> no possible way that it can be in hannah's butt a wedgie yeah. isn't in my butt i have a different type of wedgie okay do you have a fredgy no so my my wedgie what's a fredgy front wedgie <laughs> i've never heard of that no i don't i don't get fredgies um that's so funny so my kind of wedgie is like it's not even a wedgie i don't even know why i call it a wedgie but like i'm just uncomfortable in underwear too so it's like i can't have anything between my butt cheeks you're welcome everyone um and then also like if like right now I feel like I have a wedgie but there's nothing in my butt crack um (laughs) like literally it's like if it's like touching like the outline of my butt I feel like I have a wedgie so I'm constantly picking a wedgie that doesn't exist but like it feels like a wedgie to me so like when I sleep What's just that? Stop wearing I underwear. Stop wearing underwear. I know, like, but it's like it not necessarily good for your body. You're supposed to wear co- um, cotton underwear, and then you're supposed to sleep with no underwear. But I sleep with it, but I just pull it down <laughs> to my ankles. No, I'm just gonna. <laughs> could you imagine? <laughs> I, I do pull it down. It's not on my butt at all. It's not even on. My, it's like literally below my butt. So I sleep with my underwear below my butt, and then I hang out in my house. I feel like if you wore like. We're going to have to look into, like, the science of, like, cotton underwear wearing. But, like, I feel like if you wore, yeah, yeah, I mean, if you have a, if you have a vulva, then this is good for you. Um, Versus, but I think that it's versus, like, silk and lace and stuff like that. Yeah. But is cotton better than nothing? I'm just, like, thinking about wearing jeans and it just, like, rubbing up on my bits and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe for protection, you know. What I'm, but, like, I'm just like wearing depending a cotton on the pant. type of pants. Yeah, you know? but honestly, exactly. I feel like even if I didn't wear underwear, and I feel like when I don't wear underwear, I I totally just like put like like sweatpants on without underwear, still mm-hmm. and I still get wedgies. Like I swear, and I'm like trying to pick it. I'm like, oh my god, babe, I just tried to pick a wedgie and I don't even un- have underwear on. Like it's literally, I don't know, I don't know, hmm. and that's strange. That is a little strange. Yeah, I'm wondering if like. Like, if there was some sort of trauma around your butt cheeks. I mean, there's I mean, trauma all over my body. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. So, I guarantee I just, it. I just mean that, like, usually, yeah. you know, when there's some sort of trigger like that, mm-hmm. and when you when you become, uh, I mean, for lack of a better word, obsessive yeah. about it, you oh, know, yeah. that there's usually And, like, something. part of my PTSD, I have obsessive compulsive, like, like um, tendencies. tendencies and stuff. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's probably okay. one of them. <laughs> yeah, not not to be the Hannah show, but someone else talking now. I don't know. I think <laughs> let's grab our um, notes. So what what, uh, what have you kind of done? Oh yeah, to heal. Yeah, to heal. I mean, let's let's talk about um, positives. Yeah, yeah. like let yeah, let's definitely talk about positives. Yeah. But let's talk um, more about like your body outside of the assault Mm -hmm. just because i think that the assault is something that we can definitely talk about oh yeah we will definitely yeah yeah i mean i guess like lately i've been trying to just have positive affirmations towards my body Mm -hmm. um and then also like just making sure it feels safe um and like something literally yesterday it was like an epiphany for me um I feel like I have shame around being witnessed and I have shame around existing and I have shame around um, just like having a body that feels pleasure and feels happiness and feels in general. So like I, I need to, and I want to have a body that can relax. 
So that is kind of my focus right now. And this literally was just like, it came to me yesterday and I realized like I hold myself so tense and I always like my back of my neck and my back, it just always is so uncomfortable and I always have knots in them and it's cause I'm always tense and I never relax and I'm just going to be more conscious about that now. Mm-hmm. And like my favorite my favorite thing to say is my body is a miracle and I did not make that up. It's from a book, Pleasure Activism. Can you grab it right there? Because I want to say um, the author. Um, it's in that large stack in the middle on the top. Um, but the my body is a miracle. Like, And right when I read those words, I literally felt transformation through every cell of my body. Yeah. And I knew that that was what I needed to say to myself all the time um so it's pleasure activism the politics of feeling good um by adrian marie brown you should definitely read it and i haven't read it all i'm obsessed with books i collect them that's fine but yeah that's kind of what i'm focusing on and just like finding my space in this world in a way that for me you know like and and like trying to be unfuck with it unfuck with the bowl (laughs) that's a hard word but like literally like i and like we got into this in the last episode like I feel like like watched all the time and I feel like scared by what other people think about me but I want to be in a place where I just own myself and be unapologetic about myself and that's my goal and that's what I'm focusing on so it's a work in progress and I want to like be honest and say like healing is linear or not linear at all oh god no, I was like absolutely no not. <laughs> it is literally so and like you don't have to shame yourself for that because I was doing really good for like six months and then like this past month I have been off my game and I like had counseling yesterday and like it was a hard counseling session and I couldn't even come home after I was like crying and like it was just hard for me because I had to realize like I'm not okay right now and like that's okay and and I was feeling upset with myself about it. And I was blaming my, myself for feeling not okay. And because I was doing so well. And my counselor was like, it's okay. Like, you're not always going to be okay. And that's okay. And I'm like, yeah. okay. It's actually <laughs> pretty good if you're not always okay. Yeah. Like, if you're always okay, there's a chance that you, like, probably don't feel yeah. certain emotions. And, like, and that's not, not necessarily yeah. a good thing either. Yeah, true. But... But yeah, I mean, Adrian talked about it and I talked about it, like love, hate relationships and the ups and downs of like loving your body mm-hmm. um, or at least being at peace with your body. Yeah. And it, it's a it's definitely a roller coaster. Definitely. It's it's a lot. It is. Yeah. Where did my notes go? <laughs> you keep stealing my <laughs> notes away from me. I'm going to hold them for, for life. But yeah. So how are. Are you kind of talked about your healing, correct? Like, yeah. And then what about you? How are you like healing through your connection with your body? Um, healing for me is always pretty slow because I feel like I don't mentally take it seriously. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, yeah, I'm fine. I just like put up this big brick wall and I'm like, I'll be okay. Like, and then I don't think about it. I just go on about my day and I drown like my sorrows in my work and that's about it but um lately I've been trying to kind of like actually hone in on what's actually going through my head and like where some of my um thought processes kind of stem from um because I've never really taken the time to actually work on it or like figure them out um so like my self-confidence has always been kind of low and so I just kind of like want to own myself and lately it's been pretty good um good i'm just like feeling my body and feeling myself you know i i've been reading more rather than kind of like drowning myself in technology um Uh because like (laughs) i would find myself really getting um all caught up in facebook or tv shows or video games you name it but like in the past month I've read two books and that's like a huge accomplishment for me because I haven't read an entire book in probably a couple years nice um <laughs> that's banging then exercise, like, personal training, oh yeah um I started training with lore 
Yes. Um, which has been really good. Um, I've been doing like a personal training and so they're like giving me movements that will help my body because I've been having a lot of issues with my lower back and my left hip. Um, and yeah. Can you just quickly, um, talk about what Lord specializes in? Oh, oh. Yeah. So, um, <coughs> our friend Lore is a personal trainer and they, um, own a gym called Positive Force Movement and... In Rochester, New York. Yep. And it's absolutely amazing. It's like super inclusive, um, you know, all about like being progressive and inviting and not shaming of the body. Like it doesn't matter what you look like how you move or what it like because they'll target their exercises for your body um and your abilities yeah absolutely i love yeah um so it's like it's been really good i've gone to technically one session so far um but the other one was just like a movement assessment so like they take in um consideration of like how your body actually moves and like where it's like protecting yourself and like it it's just amazing how they can see where you're struggling or where you're trying to protect yourself in just the way that you move um so i super appreciate lore and like everything that they're doing for me um because like the movements that they've already given me have been great and i already see improvements even though it's been like half of a week you nice. know no that's really awesome yeah so um trying i just thought of you yesterday going <laughs> <laughs> one of the movements is called a leopard crawl Okay. And, okay. <laughs> and it's super, it's super great. I just like walk by the door when I'm like, I'm sitting where you are reading my book. And then all of a sudden I just hear, huh, huh. <laughs> <laughs> I look up and he's just like, like going by with this leopard crawl thing. And it was the funniest thing. Can you ever. explain what a leopard it's crawl is? Basically crawling, but you can't use your knees. So okay. it's literally engaging your entire body. Fantastic. Okay. And yeah. You're doing like little baby steps. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. And he'd like walk <laughs> forward I, and then walk back and like laughing the whole way. And he's like looking at me the whole time. I'm like, oh God, this is so funny. I just, I can't take myself seriously when I do it. Cause it really, it brings you back to like when you're a kid and you're like thinking about <laughs> all th- and it's great and I love it because More it play. brings you yeah it brings yes. you back to all those times when and I was like a master crawler when I was little my mom was always like you're gonna ruin your knees <laughs> your mom does not sound like that no my mom doesn't sound like that um <laughs> she actually try, has though. a great a voice for <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna ruin your knees <laughs> Um, Sorry, Ma. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about like really in regards though. to like your gender? You know, like like how do you take care of your body as a trans person? Um, as a trans person, um, kind of like checking in and making sure that like I'm being authentic to myself and I'm being authentic to my body and what it's really asking for. Um, so it's like, um, really owning, uh, my gender and a part of it is, um, trying to figure out where my masculinity fits in with society's perception of masculinity. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it, in the beginning of my transition, it's kind of funny because I went from this butch lesbian to I'm going to be this hyper masculine dude um Um, so (laughs) I was just like you know I I gotta wear super masculine clothes I have to act super masculine and all this other stuff and so like I went straight into welding so was that, that something that you were interested in before being hypermasculine, or was that something that you felt was necessary because you were suddenly transitioning? 
in a way I thought it was necessary, but in other ways I thought, you know, if I'm going to be a man, this is what I want. Okay. Um, but that was, again, it was society's pressure on yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, it was funny to kind of like go into it and then kind of be into it for a year a little bit more than a year and then start to realize you know as I started working in these shops and started getting to know these other guys who were way more masculine than I was um it was it was kind of funny to see that like I didn't fit in at all and like I had to reassess of like what type of quote-unquote man I wanted to be um so it it's taken it's taken many many years to kind of like figure out where I fit into that masculinity and like where I want my body to fit into that masculinity because it's like I don't want to be like crazy buff um but I also don't want to be super tiny yeah um so to see where my body fits into my self-image has been quite the journey that's very interesting so then do you feel like right now right now do you feel like your like your physical desires like what you want to look like or how you want to um how you want to look do you think that they're more driven by society or do you think they're more driven by like who you are and aligning who you are with how you look um i there's definitely always that pressure there Mm -hmm. um but i definitely think that i've come to terms with like not entirely um right and i don't think that i'll ever entirely be completely satisfied um with the way that my body looks um but I think that I've been able to accept and start to love my body the way it is. And it's like taking that approach of radical acceptance mm, yeah. Um, and really like being like, this is who I am and I have to be okay with it because I can't necessarily change it too much. You know, there's things that I can do like work out and try and be healthy and eat right and um do self-care for my mental health but other than that like there's not much physically that I can do other than get surgery but that's not always attainable right I just want to say everything you just said made made my nipples hard yeah (laughs) when you said radical acceptance I'm like ooh that was sexy yeah (laughs) (laughs) I was like "Uh uh-huh keep talking (laughs) (laughs) once again we're married it's fine Um, (laughs) even if we aren't who cares (laughs) But yeah, like I actually was planning on saying something similar to that, like how I think like the key to like finding love for a body that society makes you hate is accepting yourself at face value and not necessarily like trying to love it without changing anything right now. Like, and that's what I'm kind of doing right now is like, okay, my body looks this way. I could change it if I worked really hard, but I'm exhausted and I don't want to put that much work into it right now. So I'm going to find things that I love about it. And even if I don't love about it, I'm going to tell my body, I love you and whisper, I love you and touch it. And like something I've been doing is, um, I have this like essential oil, like body wash, um, and it's for the heart chakra and what I do is I end every shower that I take with a breast massage and a stomach massage and the whole time I'm telling myself like my body's a miracle my body's a miracle and then like when I rub my belly I'm like you're gonna feel good today you're gonna like and like I'm just like speaking loveness into it because my stomach always has given me issues and when you said stomach I'm like sorry um (laughs) and it's just like you have to find that love for it and just even if you don't feel it yet just start saying it out to the universe and saying it to your body and then mm-hmm. at, over time you're gonna be able to start to believe it you know yep Definitely. and it's gonna sound silly at first talking to yourself oh and it's gonna sound silly saying all these things that you don't you might not have never you might not have never <laughs> you might not have ever heard before um 
or these things that are in direct contradiction Mm -hmm. to everything that has been told to you or um everything that you think but like doing them saying these things to yourself is so important so it really is because once you can change like the way that you think about it even for a second even that one second of like oh I don't actually hate my body it's fantastic like that is enough to yeah it's absolutely huge and it's that is radical yeah Yeah. oh yeah isn't it sad that loving our bodies and accepting our bodies is radical and revolutionary yeah that is disgusting to me but it's so (laughs) sad it is absolutely sad oh my gosh oh I think that it's also um it's it's pretty it's telling yes you know what I mean like so um so we've we've talked about all these ways that like society can make us um hate our bodies or hate um how we're presenting our bodies to each other and I think that it really comes back to like what good does it do like what what good does it do to have people who are not happy with themselves yeah. and uh, i mean it comes it comes back to money it comes back to like um uh, di- diet yeah social status absolutely um but like diets wouldn't be a thing if they couldn't be making money off of them mm-hmm. um fat shaming wouldn't be a thing if they couldn't make money off of diets or liposuction or um, plastic surgery, plastic surgery mm-hmm. or huge gym memberships um and so there's if trans people didn't hate their bodies then they wouldn't spend all this money on gender um affirming surgery yeah absolutely absolutely, absolutely. or hormones and yeah i mean i feel like yeah every everybody is shamed and every like obviously body. there's different levels of it like we have to take in consideration intersections like race class sex gender all those things like those are all important absolutely but at the end of the day once again we're going back to bodies as being a commodity and yep. if capitalism wasn't there you know like yeah and yeah like it's just it's disgusting like yeah. they're just making money off of making us hate ourselves and yeah. it's sad it's very sad society yeah. suck so it does, it everybody does. just love yourself yeah. And then we can dismantle the patriarchy and rule the world. Yeah, I feel like everybody's gonna like get to that point and just go, Woo! <laughs> All right, <laughs> K- we're not like listening with to the Great Weakenings no more. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like with the song that you listen to and it goes, Woo! Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could kind of hear the crescendo to that intensity. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> So uh, well, I think. Come back. <laughs> Sorry, I, I unleashed gotta... my inner hatred. <laughs> Your inner Adrian is that what you call hatred? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let it out. Let it I'm out. I'm letting it, it out. There's no good this inside our, of you. <laughs> yeah. This is our way to just express ourselves. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think that at the end of the day, what we can take away is like that. Uh, body shame and um, like body hatred is completely normal mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for us to experience. Yeah. Everyone experiences it. Um, Universal. So th- yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So the next time that you're looking in the mirror and you think that you're the only person who doesn't have because we all think it. We all mm-hmm. think it even though we all know that everyone else probably hates parts of their body too. Oh yeah. Um, the next time that you're looking in the mirror and you hate what you see or you dislike what you see or you're poking at your stomach or you're pulling at your hair, mm-hmm. um, remember you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's all of us here. Never alone. Yeah. Never. And you can reach out to us whenever if you need Absolutely. advice, anything. Yeah. And we would love to hear how you guys battle um, your own body. Like what is something that you dislike and – what are you doing to turn it around? Because um, that's the goal here, yeah, yeah, is that we're working through our our own um, issues with our body so that we can we can live in love Definitely. with our body. Yeah. So I think that's a great way to end. Um, I hope you all liked this conversation. I thought it was really great. And mm-hmm. I feel like we could talk about this for hours. Absolutely. Um, yeah. 
I do want to note that we have an Instagram, so please follow us on Instagram. It's at Gray Awakenings. And um, also leave us some like DM us if you and like I we posted like ideas for the podcast. We want our listeners to be a part of this. So if you have any topics or anything like that, you questions. can either yeah, questions, anything, um, you mm-hmm. can DM us on Instagram. You can also email us at greatawakenings at gmail.com. We're super simple. Yeah. Also, don't forget to subscribe. Yeah. Yes. Subscribe, rate, and leave Love comments. It. Yeah. For that typical podcast now, we're like, follow us. <laughs> rate and review us. Fam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Family. Yeah. Join yeah. family. And um, yeah, I'm excited. Thank you all for listening, and we love you. Love Bye. you. Bye. 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 Bye.